ATM attacks are getting renewed attention as recent upticks in cash outs and malware attacks have gotten industry attention. So how are banking institutions and the financial services industry at large addressing these emerging themes? Today, I'm joined by Matthew Jakubowski, a security consultant at Trustwave, and Graham Mott, director of the Link Scheme, the United Kingdom's ATM network, to talk about how the industry is addressing these threats and the lessons that can be learned for banking institutions and others. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Matthew, before we jump into talking about some of the emerging trends that we're seeing in ATM-related fraud, could you give our audience some background about the new ethical hacking lab that Trustwave just opened? Yeah, sure. So we recently opened up an additional lab to help us more with the hardware-based attacks that we're seeing attackers using. So not only are we looking at the normal type of ATM systems, we're, we're also looking at you know consumer-based electronics, um, routers and webcams, and any sort of things that the attackers are using to gain access to those. So this particular lab that you just opened, um, as you mentioned, Matthew, it is looking at all kinds of different attacks. Could you talk a little bit more about the ATM channel specifically, what are some of the attacks that you're looking at there? Yeah, so some of the ATM attacks that we're seeing, you know, they're, they're adding scanners to the devices. Uh, they're still getting smaller, um, a little bit harder to detect. But we're also seeing that ways that, you know, an attacker can install malware. Um, so we're looking at the software side of things on the security, as well as hardware on this, inside this lab. And then, Graham, I'd like to come to you as the director of the Link Scheme in the United Kingdom. You see quite a bit of the trends when it comes to ATM-related fraud and ATM compromises. What's your perspective on the fact that Trustwave has opened up this lab to look at some of these skimming attacks and malware attacks? Do you think it's needed? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really interesting development because we're seeing a sort of constant innovation uh, from the criminals in terms of the techniques they're using. So in terms of uh, sort of standard skimming, we're seeing devices getting much smaller, uh, we're seeing devices which are much harder to, to spot from the consumer's perspective. We're having devices where you know, we can identify the point of compromise through uh, transaction history. Uh, we're sending an engineer around and it's taking the engineer two visits to, to spot the device. It can be that difficult to spot. And then what we're also seeing is, is malware attacks, which are perhaps the most worrying development. So this is where criminals are getting access to the, the top box of the ATM. They're introducing malware through CDs or through USB keys, things like that. Uh, and these have been very difficult to spot and even difficult to identify because they've been attacking over, over bank holidays uh, and then they're finding, you know, when they next go to visit the ATM, there's no cash there and the malware is very sophisticated. It's difficult to detect once it's, it's been activated, it's deleting itself, it's repairing files, it's bypassing its security systems on the ATM. So we're very interested in this sort of development because I think the criminals are obviously taking a lot of time and effort into developing software and hardware systems that attack ATMs and it's important the industry invest in these and try to stay, stay a step ahead because at the moment there's a risk before the whole industry reacting and I think it's very important to try and anticipate what criminals are looking at next. You make a good point, Graham, because there has been an evolution in these malware attacks, and they're not just attacks that are being waged against ATMs, they're being waged against many of the, the Windows-based devices that we see. Matthew, could you give us some perspective from what Trustwave is testing and analyzing in the ethical lab? Is there a convergence here, perhaps, in some of the types of malware attacks that you're seeing, those that hit ATMs and, and point-of-sale devices specifically? Yeah, so we're, we are seeing a bunch of different types of malware, both hitting both ATMs and POS systems. Um, there's not so much a convergence on them at this point in time that we're able to see, but we are seeing it getting a lot more uh, harder to trace and harder to track when they get these installed on ATMs and these POS systems. They are still getting inside, and you know, one of the things with the lab that we are doing, we are looking into ways of, you know, 
what flaws are they taking advantage of on software to get this malware installed. And so one of the main things we're doing is working on finding our own ways so that we can alert these banks and these ATM manufacturers before the attackers do so that we can have it patched and fixed. But this isn't happening to consumers. Now, Matthew, one of the things that Graham mentioned is how the ATMs are infected. So oftentimes it's someone who's feigning to be a technician who goes to the ATM and actually opens the enclosure and uses a USB or something else to install the malware. Have you seen any attacks that have actually been waged against ATMs that might be exploiting some kind of remote access vulnerability or uh, wireless connection like we've seen with point-of-sale devices? So, yeah, the majority of them are going to be physical attacks right now off that USB port. We have seen some attacks against the actual network um, stack. There was a case we had where a bunch of systems did go down um, because an attacker was trying to get onto that network. They were unsuccessful in this, but we are seeing these types of attacks occurring, and you know they are getting blocked at this point, but it might be a matter of time until they, they don't. And so we are looking at ways to protect against the network as well. This could be a question that, that both of you or either one of you could answer. But could you give our audience some perspective about how ATM malware has evolved in recent years? Certainly in the UK, recently, or certainly this year, is the first malware attack we've seen on ATM. So as far as the UK is concerned, this is, is, is the first kind of attack we've had of this, this type. I'd say it's quite different in terms of what it's trying to achieve compared to skimming. Skimming attacks are intended to uh, capture cardholder data which can then be used to create false cards which are used to deduct money from customers' accounts, where the malware attacks so far at this stage are not interested in customer data. They're solely interested in jackpotting the ATM. They're interested in getting the cash out of the ATM, which is in some ways a positive thing from a consumer perspective. The consumer doesn't lose any of their data. It's not affecting the cardholder. But what you are seeing is it's affecting the ATM operator, and certainly the attacks we've had so far, you know, the rewards in terms of managing to empty the machine, uh, you're getting access to real cash, so it, it's for, for a criminal, it's very attractive. And it's taking you know, some time to fix, but the ATM operator's perspective, they've got to take ATMs out of service. They're, they're identifying particular ATMs or particular locations which are vulnerable, which again need to be upgrading. And it's possible that some ATMs can't be protected. So it, we're really quite concerned about this because it, it does have a knock-on effect on the consumer. They're not affected straight away. It's not their cardholder data that's been lost, but it is affecting the ATM installations around their area because they might find the ATMs out of action for a couple of weeks or even the ATM is, is taken away permanently because the, the ATM operator can't protect it. So it's a serious threat. Uh, but as I say, certainly in the UK at this stage, it's targeting very much the cash in the ATM not the cardholder data. Graham, this, you made a good point. I probably should have clarified this earlier. So most of the attacks that we're seeing that are being waged against ATMs with malware are attacks that actually what change the monetary value that's being dispensed or the ATM thinks it's dispensing tens when it's actually dispensing twenties. Is that correct? No, they seem the one we've, we've had so far, the, the malware is, as far as I can tell, is, is loaded at some point in time, having got fiscal access to the top box of the ATM. Uh, and then it sits there quite inertly and impossible to detect. And at some point, I say the most recent attack was over a bank holiday, as far as we can tell from the CCTV, et cetera, is, is the criminals then returning to the ATM. They're keying a, a passcode into the pin pad, and the ATM is just dispensing cash. Um, so it, it's an it's attack which takes place over quite a long period of time, so loading the malware at some point and then activating it at a later point. And the, once the, the, it's taking over control of the ATM and it's just simply a command which dispenses cash and the ATM will just keep dispensing cash until it either runs out or the, the mechanism jams, which in fact was what happened on a few occasions. So, you know, the, the reports are, you know, people filling duffel bags, you know, quite large sports holders 
full of cash because these machines can hold in sterling you know, 10, 20, 30,000 pounds, if not more. That's a lot of money in 10 pound notes. So it's it's completely bypassing the ATM's control system. So it's not, as I say, converting from one denomination to another. It's just simply that the criminal is going to the ATM putting in a specific PIN code and the ATM will just dispense money until it runs out. So it basically eliminates the need for a card at all? In this particular case, yeah, there's been no card. Now, we have had reports and in fact I've seen video footage of malware attack from a few years back in places like Ukraine where they had a specific card and, and it, again, the malware was, was loaded at a particular point. These were standalone ATMs in, in convenience stores and on the CCTV you could see and in fact it was reported you know, a fake engineer turned up I'm just going to picture it and it about a bit, uh, and he was loading a, um, the malware via a USB. And then sometime later, somebody else was going to the ATM, and we're putting in a card which had a specific number on it. Uh, and that number, in fact, was repeated, that card number was repeated uh, in multiple attacks. But in that case, they were using a card. And the one in the UK, as far as I can tell, they didn't use a card. They could simply go through the pin pad. It's probably an additional level of sophistication because it's, it doesn't require it doesn't require a card, so you just need this particular code. So Matthew, tell us about some of the types of attacks. Could you tell us about some of the types of attacks that you're investigating or that you guys are reviewing? And is some of what Graham is talking about, some of what you're working on in the lab? Exactly what he's talking about is something we're working on in the lab. The term jackpotting the ATM is something we're really interested in doing. On these particular models that we have currently, they've been exposed to being able to be jackpotted in the past, but there's new software updates that we're investigating to ensure that that is true. One other thing about it is he mentions that sometimes you need a card and in other times they're typing in a PIN. There's also been reports where they've added a cell phone into the ATM and sent that uh, that cell phone that's sitting inside the ATM a text message to do the same thing. So that they are doing it in multiple different ways, and so we're exploring all sorts of avenues of attacks on these ATMs. Um, the one we're most interested in is jackpotting the ATM, but one of the things that malware could be changed to do in the future is stealing the, the uh, consumer's card numbers as well. While it gives you the ability to just get all the data out of the ATM, uh, attackers might get greedy later on where they're also going to be stealing the pins and card numbers from individuals using the ATM so that after they do empty out an ATM, they still have additional information they can sell for more, even more money. This is an interesting point, Matthew, because a lot of the discussion that we've been having in the U.S. recently has revolved around this migration to EMV. With the type of malware attack that you're describing, EMV, which you know prevents skimming, would not necessarily prevent card numbers from being compromised, even if you did have them on a chip in this particular scenario, I'm guessing. Certainly, I think in the, in the U.K., I'm not sure about other, other countries, that wouldn't probably work, not without additional information, because the card number itself, you could capture an information that you would see on Tips on the front of a card, so the cardholder's name, the card number itself, the expiry date, you would capture, but that's not sufficient information to create a card that would work easily in an electronic environment because what you're not capturing is the, the CVV values, so you're not capturing the number on the back on the, um, you know, the signature strip, so you wouldn't be able to use it for um, card not present transactions. And you're not capturing the PIN either, and, and certainly within the UK, we use uh, EPP. And in the link scheme, we use EPP pin pads as one of our requirements so that the pin is encrypted as it's input. There's no position in the ATM where the pin is, is in the clear. Now, what that means is they would have to use something like a camera to capture the pin separately. So you could, could do that conceptually. You could, you could have a malware system that would capture the information from the card, and then you had a camera uh, attached to the front of the ATM as you would in conventional scheme that captured the, the pin number and then you could merge those data later to create it. But 
just capturing the information of the inside of the machine is not sufficient. You would need that pin element. And, and so far, as far as we're aware, the, the, the pin is encrypted from the, the pin pad, and that can't be broken at this stage. Uh, but say, conceptually, you know, you could use a camera as you did with conventional skimming and then merge the data at some point later. One other thing that we've seen with that, though, is uh, using what's known as a replay attack when capturing the card number and pin over the data network, we have been able to replay a transaction on the network and bank on the other end would accept it as a new transaction and it would be able to dispense the same amount of cash that they originally took out. But it would just be a replay, literally. It would not be the theft of any additional credentials. Right. So then this is a question for both of you. Do you feel like ATM-related fraud or ATM compromises um, are getting renewed attention in the wake of some of these cash-out schemes that we've seen? Or do you think that um, we've been paying the same level of attention to ATM fraud that we always have? It's just that for some reason we're writing about it more these days. I think it's, it's, a, it's an area which, which ATM operators have always taken seriously. Uh, I think the, the malware attacks which are in the UK uh, and in Western Europe are new is, is definitely getting people interested and, and concerned because it's a new form of attack. There are constraints at this stage because they're having to physically access the ATM, but obviously if they could do it remotely or some way through the network, it could create you know, a, a huge vulnerability. And I think that's always, with any aspect of fraud, that's always the risk and then the fear is that at some point the criminal is going to come up with some new technique that's going to invalidate all your protection systems. So at the moment we use you know, jamming systems and things like this to protect against skimming and a variety of other things. But there always is the threat that the criminals are going to come up with something that's going to bypass every system you've got. And suddenly, you know, in the UK, we've got 65,000 ATMs. Suddenly, every ATM is vulnerable. And that, that's the real threat. So I think anything like that, as you say, with these, these labs and things, it's very useful to try and stay ahead of this and make sure that any vulnerabilities are identified. And we're not in a situation where the criminals can come in with a technique that can make every ATM vulnerable. Now, at the moment, so the malware attack requires physical access, and because of that, you can identify machines that are particularly vulnerable. You can put in contingency measures to protect them physically, like improving locks and things like this, relatively straightforward. So it's this network-wide vulnerability is the thing that we're always most worried about because, say, it makes so many potential targets. I think that we've always been interested in this. There's always been people looking into this sort of thing in the past, but I do think that, you know, uh, criminals are kind of working on new ways to doing it. In the past, they've always been working with skimmers. That was the easiest way for them to go and add to an ATM to get data, and the payouts on that would be huge. But I think as consumers learn more and more about the skimmers, these sort of attacks didn't work as often. And so they had to look into new avenues, and the new avenue that they're looking into is software related. And while it does require physical access, the skimmer did as well. If the attackers are able to find a way to compromise the software, it's going to give them a much bigger payout because, like we've said in the past, they're able to now get all the money out of the ATM instead of just you know a few hundred dollars from each card they capture. And so they're going to be looking into ways to do this and to and how to do it to more systems so that they can get a bigger payout. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's, that's definitely the case. I think they are looking for big payouts. Uh, I was always looking for big payouts at minimum risk, and, and malware attacks give them that opportunity. You haven't got to hit many ATMs, and you can get a lot of money in a short period of time. And this is what we saw. Attack over a bank holiday weekend. By the time the bank realized, you know, these guys, you know, Europe is accessible, UK is, is a lot of transport routes. These guys could have been out of the country by the time we realized the money was missing. You know, it's... 
very, very um, kind of criminal suspected, has potential for high reward and low risk, which is what they're looking for. Do you think that these malware attacks against ATMs are overshadowing or will soon overshadow the skimming attacks that we saw waged against ATMs in the past? Whether they'll disappear in the skimming attacks, conventional skimming attacks will disappear, job to tell. We, we've seen um, in other areas, you know, things like card tracking, Lebanese loops, which are a technique which go back 15, 20 years, you know, they, they still occur, they still come back every now and then. And sometimes we've seen criminals move back to these really, you know, techniques which are from, from long ago because they've been blocked on the more high-tech stuff. So I think malware is a, an area which is, you know, important at the moment, we're concentrating on. But we've equally got to be aware, you know, things like cash trapping, which seem like really primitive and sometimes are quite primitive, but they'll still go back to these because sometimes for a short term or a criminal who's not that ambitious, they can provide a payback and low risk as well. So it's, it's multiple fronts, and I think that's what the you know, challenge for the industry so in the UK and I'm sure in other countries as well is, is to keep keep looking right across the spectrum of vulnerabilities and make sure there's no weak points. Because the criminals are looking for the weak points all the time. That's what they're looking for. And if they spot one, then they'll attack it very fast in this age of, you know, digital media, instant communications. You know, we've seen techniques here in multiple countries within a matter of days or weeks. This information, once they've got it, they'll sell it on to other people very, very quickly. I agree. You know, I think what's happening right now is the, the skimming was something that they used to do, and as more people became aware of it, they had to start looking at new avenues, and so malware is currently what they're doing. But as systems get protected more against this, they might go back to the old skimming um, systems just because people won't be checking for it as much because you won't have seen news reports about skimming devices for a while as this malware stuff develops. So they might have to go back to it eventually while they try to find new avenues with software or firmware modification of the ATMs. And so I don't think we're going to, it's the end of skimming. I think we're going to see skimming for a while, but you know, it, it might slow down a little bit while they use this malware. And, then they're moved back to the skimming later on. You both make great points because we always see new fraud schemes emerge, but we never see old fraud schemes go away. I'd like to thank both of you again for your time this afternoon. Great discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Again, we've just heard from Matthew Jakubowski of Trustwave and Graham Mott of the Link Scheme. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.